And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball 15, we'll preview a healthy batch of streamers and fab targets for the weekend. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, June 18th, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior, and here with me for this Friday show is Derek Van Riper. And uh, TVR, let's get right into the news so we can get to the uh, streamers and weekend fab targets a little quicker. So um, we'll start with, I guess, some good news for Jacob deGrom. He had an MRI, and it did not reveal any damage to his shoulder. And he did play catch on Thursday. But uh, you know, I feel like we're just in this uh, holding pattern here with deGrom where we get good news, but then he pitches, and then he can't finish. And what do you make of this for next week? I mean, if... All signs point to him making the start, even if there's an elevated risk that it's not a normal sort of start. You probably want to err on the side of playing him because he's Jacob deGrom. Uh, I don't think the concern I have is going to be gone for about a month. He goes through a month without having any major setbacks and is back pitching six-plus innings at the end of that span. It'll be more of a back burner sort of thing. But because we've had multiple instances now where he's had to leave a start early because of an injury... And stuff around his shoulder, in his shoulder, even though they haven't found anything, I'm still very concerned that he's just not quite right and that he knows he's not right, even though the Mets are trying to insist that there's nothing truly wrong. Yeah. And I have to say the fact that they are not forthcoming with a lot of information here does worry me. So uh, I'm with you on that. I also agree. If you get three innings from Jacob deGrom, uh, it's still better than, you know, probably eight from most pitchers. So uh, in some other news here, uh, Alex Bregman has been placed on the IL with a left quad strain. Uh, we'll talk about that situation a little bit later on. Uh, Glaber Torres left the Yankees game against the Blue Jays with lower back stiffness. Bryce Harper, who's been out with some lower back tightness, he's expected to return on Friday. Jeff McNeil could be back as soon as Sunday. Of course, he's been on the IL with a hamstring injury, so he is expected either Sunday or Monday. Justin Dunn left his start on Thursday against the Rays after just two innings with shoulder discomfort. Uh, Adam Eaton has been placed on the IL with a hamstring injury. Fran Mel Reyes could start a rehab assignment sometime next week. 
Zach Plezak is scheduled to throw a bullpen session on Friday, and Teoscar Hernandez has been placed on the paternity list. So that takes care of all of our news and notes items for this Friday. So let's get to the standouts. There's a bunch of them, DVR. But let's start with a couple of pitchers who stood out in a, in a negative way. Although with Zach Gallon, it's, I suppose it's a, it's a mixed bag because we were just happy to see him back. Uh, but didn't quite make it three innings against the Giants. Gave up four runs, did strike out three batters. But, um, you know, not the best return for Zach Gallon. Uh, how do we treat him for next week? Yeah, I think for the start that he made on Thursday, there was a reasonable concern about his pitch count being capped somewhere around 60 based on what he'd thrown on the side previously. Uh, if you bump that up even more next time out, I think you still want to be a little bit careful with him. I think one major difference between Gallon and DeGrom is just their simple talent baselines too. As good as Gallon is, DeGrom is in his own stratosphere. That's why we take the chance on him. With Gallon, I think he's a little clo- little bit closer to the replacement level options you have on your bench or on the wire. So I would err on the side of caution for one more start with Gallon. All right. And then Dylan Cease, of course, no injury issue there. Just a short start for him against the Astros in Houston. Uh, three and a third, seven runs, six earned on four hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. And uh, I, I wanted to talk about this because, I mean, look, everybody hits a bump in the road, but uh, I've got Cease on a, uh, in a daily lineup league. And I kind of hemmed and hawed with whether or not to start him. I thought, you know what? Dylan Cease is now a must-start pitcher. I'm going to start him against the Astros. Obviously, I regret that decision. So uh, how would you view him in that that type of format? I probably would have sat him, uh, mostly because the Astros lead the league in WRC Plus as a team by a wide margin. And I think there are limitations of that stat, which we talked about with Derek Cardi on the Thursday episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast, and that's typically players being in and out of the lineup for rest days or injuries. That can obviously skew the quality of the lineup on any given day. But the Astros have a 12-point lead over the Dodgers, who are in second, 24% better than league average as an offense top to bottom, which is just amazing. Um, So I think Houston's just more of a lineup to avoid for me. With Cease, I tend to believe in what he was doing earlier this year as being more of a legitimate breakout. So I, I wouldn't panic just yet because of a bad road start against the league's best offense. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's just a question of when to sit him because clearly he's not literally must start. But uh, yeah, good season overall for Cease. Charlie Morton uh, flirting with a no hitter, uh, but not adding to the lengthy list uh, this year. Did make it seven two thirds with just three hits allowed. Did not give up a run. Seven strikeouts, no walks against the Cardinals. So Really, really good outing. I should also note that the Cardinals in the month of June have been abysmal offensively. So maybe a little bit of an assist from the uh, from the matchup here. But I also think that Morton maybe is getting a little bit overlooked due to a low strand rate. Uh, but the peripherals look you know, look as good as they ever have for Morton. Yeah, the same when I looked at Morton maybe two or three weeks ago. I was surprised to see that everything was still intact given his age. Um, and I think recent form is important. I'm glad you pointed that out with the Cardinals. Their overall body of work this season has been that of a below-average offense, but they they have kind of lowered their own threshold, at least temporarily, for the types of pitchers you'd throw against them. Uh, and I think that's the hardest thing about making in-season decisions is figuring out when players or teams kind of elevate themselves or fall into levels where you can match up against them differently than you had previously in the season. Yeah, and no doubt. Um 
Herman Marquez with a good start at home. And this is just adding to a, a really puzzling pattern. Uh, in fact, a good start really understates it. Six scoreless innings with just one hit, three walks, only two strikeouts against the Brewers. But Marquez, uh, Austin Gomber, John Gray, uh, Antonio Sensatella, and Chichi Gonzalez all with not only better home splits, radically better home splits than road splits. Do you have any theory on this? Because I will admit, I do not. No, I have uh, both eyes on the situation for the end of the season to see if it holds or if we have a full summer of regression at Coors Field for that staff, which would be my best guess as to what's going to happen as of right now because I do not have an explanation for their success at home to this point. All right, and one more pitcher to look at here, a major league debut for Matt Manning. Not too bad, especially considering he had an 8-plus ERA at Toledo. Went five innings, giving up two runs on four hits, a couple of walks, three strikeouts against an Angels team. That's That's been great offensively in the month of June, despite not having Mike Trout. Yeah, that's been one of the surprises. I thought the Angels would be more streamable as an offense. You could pick on them a little bit easier without Trout. Hasn't entirely been the case. Uh, Manning, I mean, I think... He's up until he gives the Tigers a reason not to let him pitch. That's been the case with that rotation all season long. As soon as a young starter was ready, I didn't think we had enough roadblocks to say, well, he's going to have to go back down to accommodate someone else, be that Jose Urania. Matthew Boyd's injury opened up a spot they didn't expect to have, too. So I do like Manning. I think he's going to be among the pitchers people are pretty aggressively pursuing on the wire this weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely an encouraging start there. So let's take a look at a few hitters. Steven Duggar, uh, three for three at the plate against the Diamondbacks, uh, hit his seventh double and his uh, second triple of the year, also reached on a walk. So just a good overall game for Duggar. Uh, I think rightfully so, being added in a lot of leagues, but how shallow should we be looking here to add Duggar? I think 15 is probably where I would say the line is right now. They still have a lot of options in that outfield. I still like Lamont Wade, and I think... Uh, when you look at the way that team's built, you know, with a healthy Brandon Belt at first base, too, that's one less spot that they can rotate some of those guys in. So uh, I'm intrigued by Duggar, but I'm not all in on him in shallow mixed leagues just yet. All right. And uh, Randy Arizarena, a good night for him, three for four uh, against the Mariners in Seattle, also picking up his 10th homer and 11th steal of the season. And I think it's that ratio that really kind of caught my attention because the power, the power output has been a little disappointing based on, you know, what he did in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, still very valuable in fantasy for, for all the steals that he's brought. Uh, does this maybe change the way you look at him uh, value wise rest of season and going into 2022? Yeah, I think the thing I'm watching with the Rosarena is the retrate, the swing percentage, because for a little while to begin the season, that number had jumped quite a bit. But I think that was really more of an inexperienced player or a younger player uh, who the league hadn't seen a lot making some adjustments, right? Being pitched to differently and having to try and adjust to that relatively quickly. But it seems like he's made those changes because the numbers have really stabilized for him overall over the last few weeks and well on his way to a 2020 season, which... Uh, if you drafted him in the early rounds back in March, you're going to be really happy with that. All right. Let's uh, look at just a couple players who are definitely deeper league options here. Shedlong Jr., couple of doubles against the Rays. Uh, he's now six for his last 15, uh, but a very, very tough schedule for the Mariners hitters uh, next week. Two games at home against the Rockies and then three uh, away at the White Sox where they're going to have to face both Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn. And then Abraham Toro filling in for uh, Alex Bregman. He homered, uh, also stole a base, part of a two-for-four uh, game for him uh, against the White Sox. So uh, where might you be looking to add Long and or Toro? 
Uh, Toro might be more viable than Long and Duggar for me. I, I, I've liked Abraham Toro for a few years. I mean, he kind of popped up for me uh, with that great season he put together in the minors in 2019. He was crushing at AAA. And I think with Bregman, it's just kind of a one-for-one one replacement for now. I and mean, maybe you run to a situation where his playing time falls apart when Bregman's healthy. But I think of the players we've talked about who are viable as pickups so far, Toro's at the top of my list. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, well, let's uh, look ahead to uh, Friday streamers and uh, a big, big cohort of streamers here. Uh, a lot of streamer versus streamer games, uh, potentially. Joey Lucchese versus Eric Fetty. Uh, when we've got the Mets facing the Nationals. We've got uh, A's Yankees, James Caprillion and Jamison Tyone. Vince Velasquez and Johnny Cueto facing off with the Phillies-Giants game. And then uh, in some single streamer games, we've got Zach Davies against the Marlins. Uh, we've got Alex Cobb getting the Tigers. Caleb Smith, tough matchup, obviously, against the Dodgers. And they've got uh, Trevor Bauer going. And uh, Tony Santian at the Padres. So let me just recap here. we got a lot of them uh, to consider. Lucchese, Fetty, Caprillion, Tyone, Velasquez, Cueto, Davies, Cobb, Caleb Smith, and Santian. Uh, who stands out in this big group? It's really kind of a, a tricky group for me, but the two that I like, I'm really chasing the matchups here. Zach Davies at home against the Marlins just pops. I, I think that's consistently kind of a bottom five offense that you can pick on with just about anybody. And because Davies doesn't miss a lot of bats, uh, there are plenty of leagues because of the ratios blew up where he's been dropped. So he's widely available. Uh, I think I feel better about him than some of the more skilled guys in this list, given their respective matchups. I think Alex Cobb is actually second for me. Uh, with that matchup against the Tigers, decent win probability. And I think with Cobb, we've seen the thing come and go a few times this season. But when that pitch is working for him, he can be effective. I think he can go out and maybe even throw you a nice quality start tonight against the Tigers. All right. And then uh, let's uh, wrap up the week here, looking at who we might be uh, making some bids on for Fab. I like Ross Stripling for uh, two starts and, and some strikeout potential next week. Chris Flexen gets the Rockies in Seattle. There's really not a better matchup to be had. Uh, so as a one-start streamer, I like him a lot. Uh, although looking on the Seattle side of things, Jake Fraley, he's still out there in quite a few leagues, a surprising uh, pr- uh, proportion of leagues. Jonathan VR Mets have an eight-game week, and vr has been hitting well. Daniel Vogelbach has been hitting well, and the Brewers have a nice schedule. And Miles Straw, believe it or not, the Astros, they could – get higher in those WRC plus standings because they've got a great schedule coming up this week. So any Astros who might be available like Miles Straw, I think you got to look into them. So um, any additions or subtractions, DVR? 
the, the other name that caught my eye, because I have a couple leagues that run waivers Thursday night into Friday morning, is Taylor Ward for the Angels. And I was a little bit intrigued by him when they had the decision a couple weeks ago where they're going to call up Adele or a then-healthy Brandon Marsh, or were they going to just sort of try and keep it together while Trout was down? And Taylor Ward has started to put some pretty nice at-bats together. He's doing some damage on the power front. Seven home runs now in 40 games this season. And I think people forget a couple things. Like He was a first-round pick several years ago, made the move out from behind the plate, and he dominated at AAA in 2019 when plenty of hitters crushed there. But he did it with really good plate discipline. Plenty of walks, a low K rate. Uh, that came out to a 145 WRC+. plus. Hit 27 homers in just 106 games that season at AAA Salt Lake. So even with the context of how hitter-friendly that league was with that ball that season, Taylor Ward was actually a very good player that year. And he's just now finally getting a steady opportunity at the big league level. Yeah, certainly has uh, stuck around as a regular longer than I think a, a lot of us were expecting. So I, I like that call a lot for uh, Taylor Ward. So uh, that's the player we're going to wind up this week with. So uh, thank you for listening to Fantasy Baseball in 15. And if you do have an opportunity to rate and review the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be right back here on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.